0: Spudassery Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo-Coster. I'm excited to introduce you to a Shopify post-purchase funnel builder called Reconvert. I discovered them a while ago, but as you know, I have to do my due diligence before I present it to anyone. So I've been tinkering with it and recently joined their affiliate program. I was chatting with the founders and they were kind enough to carve out some time to come on the show and tell us more about the app and give us some insight into how the most successful merchants are using their tool. Ruth is our guest today. She is the co-founder and COO of Reconvert. She started the business with her brother and what I really love about them is they were both Shopify merchants before they built the tool. So they came at this to create something to solve the problems that they were having. Reconvert initially launched in 2018. They have over 3,500 five-star reviews in the Shopify App Store, and their pricing structure is super affordable. There are three tiers based on your monthly order volume, and then there's a revenue share based on revenue generated by the app. And I love this structure because it makes it really easy to get started, and they only make money if you make money. The tools and features they've created allow you to not only increase your AOV, but build deeper relationships with your customers and even do market research when they are most engaged with your brand. Make sure you stay until the end of this episode or cheat and head to the show notes because I have two really important links there for you. One of them is my affiliate link, which will get you a lifetime recurring discount on the app. And the other is a free ebook developed by Reconvert, all about conversion rate optimization for your website. All right, friends, let's hop into the episode. Hi, Ruth. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you for coming. So I did already introduce you, but I love to always ask my guests, Why should we listen to anything you have to say today?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. So basically, my background is that I used to be a Shopify merchant. I used to own two different Shopify stores in different levels of success. Like I never got to a really good, profitable store, but I did gain a lot of experience out of getting these two to kind of break even and start financing themselves without me having to put money into it for my own packet. So I learned a lot about what being a merchant is like, how difficult it can be when you get started without a ton of resources. And out of this experience, I built Reconvert, which is a post-purchase upsell app on Shopify. I built it with my brother, actually, and he is also an ex-merchant, but he actually managed to create a store that became a Shopify Plus store, selling the enterprise level. So we kind of combined both of our experiences to build an app that would fit both the small guys and the bigger guys on Shopify and on any e-commerce platform. And Reconvert right now has almost 40,000 active stores using it. And we are one of the top appsell apps on the Shopify App Store. So... I've learned a thing or two. I've seen stores using it successfully or not so successfully. So I think that's why you should listen to a little what I have to say.
0: (laughs) That's totally fair. And I love when I hear that it was previous merchants who created apps Because they're really building from the place of the merchant's needs versus someone who's just like, hey, I know how to develop stuff. So let me create this app that I can sell to Shopify merchants. So I think you just come at it with a little bit of a different lens and really putting that merchant first, which is what I love so much. So for the listeners, if you guys don't know what Reconvert is, can you just give us a high level of what the main features are?
1: Sure. So it is a post-purchase sell-up. It's going to be not just post-purchase soon, but for now, this is where we're at. We offer the option to upsell and cross-sell to your customers very easily. The main three areas that we upsell are the checkout, which is only available for Shopify Plus merchants because of Shopify limitations. Post-purchase pages, which are a one-click upsell page, The beautiful thing about that, of course, is that the customer doesn't have to re-enter payment details, shipping details, nothing. One click and the product is added to the order. And thank you page, which the thank you page is where we got started. Honestly, it's like we saw something missing there because on Shopify, it's just a blank exit door page. So we thought, okay, we can do a thank you page builder. That was the initial idea. And for years. That actually worked really well for a lot of our customers. Just a thank you page, optimizing it, adding not only upsells, but also some elements that kind of connect with the customer and get you to really communicate with the customer, even post-purchase, can be a really powerful way to increase retention, brand loyalty, all the things we love.
0: Yeah. I'm all about that post-purchase experience. And one of my favorite things to do is to create a really in-depth post-purchase email sequence to help with that first impression. So when you guys decided, okay, you're gonna go out there and build an app, why did you start with the post-purchase upsell versus the site upsell and cross-sell, which is also one of my other favorite things, guys. You know, I talk about that all the time, but I imagine the data told you there was more value post-purchase, right?
1: Like I said, in the beginning, we were both merchants and we knew the app store really well. Like we both were using apps in our stores and that's where we were like, okay, something is missing. There isn't a solution that allows you to do post-purchase upsell without replacing the Shopify checkout. Now it's different. There is no more replacing the Shopify checkout, but back then you had to integrate to a completely new checkout to really allow yourself to upsell post-purchase. So pre-purchase upsells and cross-sells, there are great apps out there that allow you to do that. And it is something that we're going to do because we want to be a full suit for anyone who wants to increase revenue. But the thank you page, we couldn't find something that lets you do that natively and easily. So that's what we focused on. And when you look at the data, post-purchase upsells are the least dangerous. Like if you... Do too much pre-purchase, you can get the customer either annoyed or distracted and they just leave, they never end up purchasing anything. And your goal is to increase the order value, not to make them leave your website. So post-purchase, want to leave anyway. What have you got to lose? Like you can be a little more aggressive there with your discounts, with the types of offers that you show.
0: Yeah, that is a great point. And I absolutely believe in both, but it is true that the data will show that post-purchase converts really well because that person has already made a buying decision, right? They've already committed to paying you, to whipping out their credit card, giving you their hard-earned money. So they've already proven that they want to buy from you. So this is a really great opportunity to get them to buy a little bit more because we know it's a lot easier to get people to spend more when they're already shopping versus trying to bring them back or to acquire new customers, with all of the data that you see, is there like an average conversion a merchant can expect on those post-purchase offers?
1: It's kind of tough to say because what we see is that it really moves anywhere between 3-5% to 15%. So it really depends a lot on your store, how many orders you get, like the more orders you get, the more data to really optimize your upsells and then you can improve conversion rate. But also, what are your products and your niche and your customers? For example, if you're selling very high ticket items, but you have very low ticket items in your store that are complementary, it's probably going to convert really well. Like if you're selling a car and you have some seat warmers as an upsell, that's probably going to work really well. They just bought a really expensive item. But all of your items are high mean ticket and you can't really find something complementary that relates to what they just purchased, then the conversion rate might be a little lower.
0: Right. But either way, three to five percent, it's higher than the average general e-com conversion rate. So it's still pretty good. Yeah, because like you said, they already decided to buy it plays a little bit on the
1: confirmation bias because they already decided to make a purchase. Deciding again to make a purchase is kind of like telling themselves, okay, I made the right decision to buy from this store. Let's make this decision again. And the warm leads they already bought and it just makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. And just to give you guys some examples, I have a previous client. She sells handbags and so she offers a purse hanger as the post-purchase cross-sell. It's such a no-brainer. It's super low price compared to the price of her product. And when we talk about cross-sells in general, I always kind of say, hey, make that cross-sell item price like 15 to tops 30% of what they were already planning to spend, whatever that product is that you're showing. Because you can't ask someone to spend double what they were planning to spend that's too much but if it's just 10 15 bucks or something like that that's really easy do you find that to be true with the post purchase as well
1: absolutely it is true and the better you position your products the more conversion you'll have like the more you give product that related to what the customer just bought the better your conversion will be and it's easier if you have a very niche store you say okay this self product will always be related to the higher ticket items in my store. But sometimes it's a little more difficult and you kind of need to really create so many different triggers and conditions to find the right products. And that's why we created something that we call the conversion Monster, And this is the best practices from what we've seen that convert to the different stores using reconvert. And. There's a really interesting thing that works that I was not expecting, which is to upsell the exact same product that they just purchased. So let's say you just bought a blue dress and you were thinking about do I want the blue or do I want the red? If you upsell it again, you can also get the red, but now it's for 20% off. And a lot of people convert with this specific setting. It just works. Again, I was surprised that it works because intuitively you're not like uh, oh yeah it makes sense they want to buy two of the same product but that just goes to show that what we intuitively think would work doesn't necessarily work so testing is super important
0: yeah it would make sense on some sort of consumable product right like i always think of like a protein powder you know if they're buying one upsell them to a bundle of three that makes perfect sense But the dress example is really interesting. And that is data essentially debunking what I just said in that you can't ask people to double spend what they were planning on spending. Granted, you're talking about giving them a discount on it. So there's that. But if I think about my own behavior, which I try not to impose too much of my own behavior on customers because I'm not necessarily like them, but I buy a lot of the same stuff in clothes. When I used to wear color, I would buy multiple colors. Now I just buy multiple black t-shirts, like the same exact one. I'll buy six of them at a time because I love it. So that makes perfect sense, even in a non-consumable item.
1: Yeah, that's true. I just had a conversation about it with a friend where I'm like, okay, these pair of pants that I've had for like five years, like I need to get rid of them. And I wish back then I would have bought like three more, the same color.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even with my husband, he wears basically the same shorts every day, all day. He wears them to work. He wears them on the weekends. It's what he hangs out in. He doesn't put on like sweatpants. I bought him six pairs because he wears the exact same thing. So that all makes perfect sense as well. Talk to me a little bit with how Reconvert works. Like, How granular can we get with those recommendations based on what that customer bought?
1: So with Reconvert, one of our guiding principles was customization. When you want a merchant, you understand how important it is. You understand that there is no such thing as one size fits all in e commerce, and everyone needs to have the tools to customize whatever they need. So, we have something that we call the funnel builder, and you can basically build your post purchase upsell funnel starting from the moment the customer bought. You can show them two different offers post purchase, and then you reach the thank you page. And if you want to, you can create a different trigger for each product in your store for each variation of this product to really like get things very accurate. I do think that sometimes it's better to generalize a little bit, like use collections, use product tags to kind of make it a little easier, but you can get a very deep customization.
0: Yeah, you definitely have to balance the input with the output. So I love that you do have the opportunity to get that specific Maybe there is a very specific product in your store that you need to really customize that experience. And then everything else can be a little bit more general. So I don't want you guys, if you're like, cool, I want to go implement this right now. Like, don't go down this huge rabbit hole. Just get the damn thing up and running, make some money, see what converts, test things out. And I am the queen of overthinking things and trying to get it all like, what is that perfect journey? What would I do if I were in person with them? So balance that (laughs) with being kind of realistic and giving yourself a little grace, like it doesn't have to be so perfectly exact, every single product that you sell. And then is there a way, let's say I have one product that I'm selling to everyone, we'll use that handbag and then handbag hanger example. If they already have that handbag hanger, am I able to exclude them from that offer?
1: You can exclude customers based on uh, past orders. You can specifically also exclude them. Did they already see the previous funnel? Like maybe I have a funnel for customers who just reached my store for the first time. And then if they've already been there, this is their third order. I want to show them maybe a different upsell. I'm not sure about specifically, did they ever purchase this specific item? I'm not sure about that, but you can definitely do a lot of like customization depending on the number of orders that they had. How did they behave in the past on your store?
0: Got it. So in theory, let's say I have this handbag hanger and I showed it to them the last time they shopped, I could potentially not show them that offer again. Definitely,
1: Yeah. You can also show them different offers depending on what did they do in the funnel. So you show them the hanger in the first offer and then they decline it. You can show it again with a higher discount, which is another thing that we saw work pretty well. Or maybe you want to show them something completely different. And then if they accepted it, maybe you want to show them another one of these hangers in a different color or another bag, there's really a lot you can do to play around with it. And also when they get to the thank you page, they can see a different thank you page depending on how they reacted to each one of your offers. So it can be very specific. You don't always need it to be that specific.
0: Yeah, I think I wouldn't necessarily get that specific unless you had a small product assortment Or like I said earlier, if you had one specific product of your whole assorbent, but if you've got like thousands or hundreds, don't get that specific.
1: (laughs) I can give some examples of how I've seen people use it. Yeah, please. One stall, we actually have a case study of them on the website. They sell plants and they also kind of teach you how to take care of these plants. So what they did is they did a few different funnels for each type of plan. And when you get to the thank you page, you see a different video, depending on the type of plan that you just bought, because they want to show you a video teaching you how to take care of this specific plan. So this is a really interesting use case where well, it's not just about app it's educating your customers. Another interesting use case that I saw was. We allow you to collect people's birthdays. So there's a birthday collector on the thank you page. You can ask them for their birthday. If they gave you their birthday, then it automatically doesn't show up. And then a store did some triggers depending on your birthday month. So if this is the month of your birthday, you're going to see a very specific set of offers to kind of celebrate your birthday with you. And then last thing I saw that I really liked was depending on the number of orders you made with the store. So if this is your first order, it's like, welcome to the family. Get a discount from us. We're happy to have you here. If it's your fifth order, then maybe it's like, oh, thank you for buying. Again, we appreciate your loyalty. But then if it's like your 10th order, then you're like part of the club. You're a VIP member. We can give you a bigger discount because you've already returned your investment a few times.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh, guys, we could go down such a rabbit hole on how to use this technology. What I love though is that we are talking about the post-purchase experience and these upsells and downsell funnels and all that stuff, which I think doesn't really get a ton of attention in the e-commerce space. It's very popular in the info and online educational space It's very popular in the dropshipping space as well. But I think for those of us who are building these lifestyle brands or we created a product that we love, it's just not discussed enough. So I love that you guys have really made it easy for merchants to implement this strategy. And I know some of us might feel icky some people feel icky about always trying to sell their product but at the end of the day one it works right just people will say oh I hate pop-ups and I don't want to use a pop-up I'm like well then you're probably not going to grow your email list because it's still the best way to do it so like don't project your own crap on your customers so there's Just a lot of opportunity here and ultimately, especially when you start growing with ads, you're investing in ads, like the more revenue that you can bring in on that first purchase and even that second purchase, it's gonna get you to profitability a lot faster, which is so important. Quick question about the birthday. Does that integrate with Clavio? It does. Yay. It integrates with Klaviyo and
1: MailChimp, even though MailChimp and Shopify broke up, and a few SMS marketing apps on Shopify.
0: Amazing. So guys, if you do want to start a birthday program with Klaviyo, you can use Reconvert to collect the birthday in a much more natural way. It can be a little bit more difficult to do it through Klaviyo strictly because if you put it on your main pop-up that's weird like why are you asking me for my birthday on our first date and then to get them to do it later can be a little bit more difficult but this is just so natural in the customer journey so I really love that I think that's a great option So Ruth, you gave us the example of someone who was using the thank you page to educate their customer, which I love that so much. And guys, if you do end up doing that, you still want to send it an email. Remember, you cannot repeat these things too much. And I have a black thumb and I can't grow anything or keep anything alive. So I would definitely need (laughs) that education. But how else have you seen people implement that? You know, it's not always about getting more sales, but maybe it's about education or just deepening the relationship with the customer through those thank you pages.
1: Yeah, so I think specifically also because you talk to lifestyle brands and people who are building something that maybe is more personal, like has a meaning that is not just, okay, I want to dropship something and get some sales. Nothing wrong with that, but it's a different type of brand. I think communication with your audience, with your community Is super important. And emails are great. SMS marketing is great. They're super important. The unique selling point of the thank you page is that 100% of your customers see the thank you page. Like not everyone opened the email. So this is the only retention tool or communication tool with people who purchased where you can guarantee 100% open rate. And I think people kind of forget about that because they think, okay, I just finished the purchase. I'm going to leave. But actually, this is a really good opportunity to talk to your customers. So we do have a few options that are not just selling. I'll just list a few. We have the birthdays that we discussed already. And we also have post-purchase surveys, which again is something you can do via email. But the open rates on the thank you page are going to be higher. You can ask whatever question you want and learn about your customers. If you want something a little more specific to the product, we also have something called product comments. It's sort of a view collector, but it is a little line below the product that the customer just purchased where you can ask whatever question you want. It can be, why did you buy this product? Or what do you think about this product? Whatever question you want to ask. And this is really helpful. We've seen some people kind of learn a lot about their customers and understand a little more about, okay, what my customer is looking for? What do they want? How do they reach me? All of these questions that you can get answers to are super powerful if you're looking to connect with them. And then we also have the videos that I mentioned. If you feel comfortable as a founder talking to the customers, I think is really powerful. If you feel comfortable putting yourself out there, giving a personal note, saying thank you, maybe talking a little bit about your mission, either in video or in text, you can do that on the thank you page. And I think it can be really beautiful. I personally love seeing that when I buy online. And last thing is social engagement. Maybe it's a little more towards marketing, but you can allow your customers to share, hey, I just bought from this store with a discount link. So let's say I want to share on Instagram. Well, Instagram doesn't allow links. Let's say Facebook. I want to share on Facebook with a discount to all of my friends. So any friend of mine that clicks on that, will now get a discount in the store and me as a customer can give a very personal and specific recommendation that is not like cold marketing.
0: Yeah, recommendation from a friend always goes a very long way. Okay, cool. I don't think I realized you guys had all this stuff. So now I'm getting overly excited. Let's talk about the video thing first. So here's what's so funny is I started my podcast. I don't even remember when it was, but it's been a couple of years. And When someone comes to me, a potential client comes to me and we get on a call, they're always like, oh my God, it's like really weird to be talking to you. I feel like I already know you. It kind of feels like you're a celebrity. So I know for us, like if you are the face of your brand, you don't feel all that special. Your potential customer, they think you're like really cool. So if they find you because you had a video on Instagram or even on YouTube or whatever. And then they come to your store and they buy something and they hit the thank you page. And there's like a video of you being like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for making your first purchase. It doesn't even have to be this long drawn out thing because people's attention spans are really short. Even if it's like 30 seconds just to say thanks and they can see your face that would go so far (laughs) in terms of them feeling really connected with you. And I think one of the things that we kind of forget is so much of the experience that someone has with your product is really based on kind of like the mood they're in when they get it and first use it, right? So I always talk about the importance of creating that great first impression. And when I talk about the post-purchase experience, one of the things I'll always mention is like, what does the customer need to know and understand so they have a good experience with your product and come back and leave you a positive review? And, Usually that's in terms of education is the way that I'm sort of positioning that. But if you think about the dopamine hit that people get when they first buy something and they know that product is coming and then they got this video from the founder, like they're just going to be so excited and enamored with your brand and the product they're about to get that even if the product isn't like 110% meeting their expectations, (laughs) they're probably still really going to love it because they had such a great experience with your brand overall. The other thing you said that I love is obviously the surveys. I want to dive into that a little bit too, but that just one simple question and the example you gave Ruth was, why did you buy this? That is marketing gold. Whatever those answers are is going to literally tell you How to market your product to all of the other potential customers. It's going to tell you if you sell apparel, did they buy it for an event? Are they going to a bachelorette party? Or is it a gift for someone? Because I've answered these on other people's websites. I think I was buying tea towels that had like a funny snarky saying on it. And it was a holiday gift for my mom. Well, now they know that they can go and market those as a holiday gift. For mom. So there's so much value in that. And yes, while you can absolutely answer those follow up things in email, and this by no way diminishes my love for email marketing, but a person is most engaged when they first sign up for your email list and when they first make a purchase from you. So you're going to get a lot more response if you ask at the moment of purchase.
1: Yeah. And I also want to add how this ties in with email marketing, because I also love email marketing. So transactional emails, we all know, have the highest open rates. What people sometimes either don't know or don't think about is that on Shopify, the Shopify automatic transactional emails, the ones that give you an update that your order was received or there's any update in shipping, they send a link to the thank you page. The thank you page is the Shopify order status page. It's the same exact page. So if you optimize it once, whenever the customer clicks on checking their order status in the email that they get, they're gonna be redirected to the same page. And they're going to be able to see an optimized page instead of just something blank. And they're going to be able to go back there Either maybe buy something a week after the original order because they just got a new update. Or, I don't know, see an email, answer the serving. Maybe now they have the time for that and it didn't back then. And you can also make it so that the first impression of the thank you page is different than all the other impressions. Because maybe you want to give them a pop-up that says, thank you for buying with us, take a 20% discount. But if they come again a week later, it doesn't feel as special if they see the same pop-up again.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so they get the initial order confirmation and then they're going to get a notice that it has shipped and it's still going to link back to that thank you. And then they're going to get an email that the item was delivered. If you guys don't have those turned on, you should because that's my favorite email to get when something I ordered was delivered. It's very exciting and it just gets them re excited about what they bought. They won't necessarily click through to the thank you page on that one, but you do have those other two opportunities. So that's really cool. You could kind of even start with the thank you or the one quick question, and then you can go into the survey later because maybe they don't have time. I love that. Oh my gosh, so good. The survey answers, does that also connect? Where did those answers go?
1: So right now they stay in Reconvert and you can download them as a CSV. We do have plans to integrate that as well with Klaviyo or other email providers. We just haven't gotten around to it yet.
0: Yeah, for sure. That would be cool, though, eventually to store those in profile properties. And that's just more data that you have about your customers. Oh, gosh, I love all of this. So quick question, were you and your brother already developers?
1: Oh, no, we're still not developers. To be fully transparent, I did learn development, but I haven't like done anything with it afterwards. So I don't really remember how. I can read code. It's like I understand the language, but I can't speak it myself. But we're not developers. We actually started off from day one working with freelance developers And now we've got a whole team, but it was a little smaller in the beginning.
0: Got it. It gives me hope because, and I've talked about this a few times on the podcast, there's some things that I would like to create. I eventually would like to be a full stack developer for the sake of saying I can be a full stack developer, but it gives me hope that you can just, (laughs) and this is really for anyone, right? But as long as you have the vision, and you know what you want to accomplish, you don't necessarily need to be the one who knows how to do it, so.
1: Yeah, and I have to say, now we're running a SaaS company, but the main reason Reconvert exists now is that we were not thinking like startup founders. We were thinking like e-commerce founders. What do you do? You don't have the knowledge or the resources when you just started a Shopify store. You kind of patch it up. You go on Upwork, you find freelancers, You find ways to make things work. And that was the mindset that we started with. And if we were like, okay, we need to raise capital and bring in the right people or learn development ourselves, we probably still would not have.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't exist. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I think learning e commerce, if you're doing like Shopify or e commerce in any way, it is a very challenging business model. I don't know if people understand that. People think that startups are so. Complex and impressive. I think a successful e commerce business is much more impressive and much more difficult space to get into. So, if you're there, you have the tools that you need to do anything, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And it's true. I feel like this message has sort of died down over the last few years, or I'm just no longer running in the circles where it's the topic of conversation. So, I don't see it. But When I got into this and really educating other people about all the things I had learned running an e-commerce business, there was this misconception that this was like easy money and it's not. (laughs) In general, product-based businesses, because you have the inventory piece and the shipping piece and there's so many other variables that go into it. It is true. It's one of the hardest businesses to create, to run, to be successful with. And sadly, we're being reminded of that all the time as we see these really big giants kind of falling. So I always encourage people, you know, a lot of times we can feel like, oh, I wish I was bigger. And you look at these other businesses and you wish you were doing that. And it looks pretty on the outside, but it's probably a hot mess on the inside. So just keep on doing you. (laughs) Invest in tools like Reconvert so that you can increase your average order value, create a better relationship with your customers. I love all the tools that you guys have, and I'm super excited to just dive in and learn more about it. But before we go, I always love to keep it real with my audience because e commerce and online is just not all sunshine and rainbows. So, from the merchants that use your product, What are some of the biggest mistakes they're making with the tool or some failures that you've seen?
1: One of the biggest mistakes is just when people are a little bit afraid. They're afraid of upselling. They're afraid that this is going to be annoying, that this is going to feel spammy. And then they don't do it or they underdo it. And then they don't see the return on investment that they're looking for because like we talked about, you can be a little more aggressive on the thank you page or post purchase in general. And that doesn't mean aggressive in a bad way. It can be more aggressive with the discounts that you give. You can give a much higher discount because ideally, if you're like pricing your products right and your bids on ads right, this customer just returned the investment. So this customer already <laughs> returned the investment over how much ever you spent to get him to the website. Now... This is pure money. So now maybe you can give 20, 30% discounts, which are not necessarily discounts you can allow yourself to give and stay profitable pre-purchased. So this is being too careful with the discounts. There's nothing unique about a 5% discount if they just got 10% from the email pop-up. You want it to be unique, something special for someone who just purchased. And I've seen people also, I mentioned testing is important. But it's part of being too careful is testing things out very, very slowly. So if you do, let's say, I'm going to upsell on the thank you page one specific product in one specific case. And this thank you page with this specific trigger that you set up only has, let's say, 50 views a month. You're not going to collect enough data to know if it works. Sometimes it's better to just throw it as much as you can out there and then kind of see what works best and do the testing in that frame instead of handpicking specifically what you want to do. These are, I think, the main things that I've seen causing people to fail. Also overthinking it, I guess, like trying to be a little too specific and it's overwhelming. Like there are a lot of options. can be overwhelming, which is why I always recommend when you first start, just do the conversion funnel. Use that as your baseline. Let's say a month has passed or it depends on your size. When you collected enough data about your conversion rate, your ROI, et cetera, now start tweaking it. Like start with the conversion monster. This is something we can almost guarantee would give you good results. And if not, our support guys can help.
0: Yeah. Keep it easy in the beginning and just get people taking action on it. Otherwise, you don't know what to optimize and i kind of mentioned this earlier, I'm the queen of overthinking. So I am the person that would initially try and go in to try and get it perfect. And I've learned over the years, like you actually need to just fail fast and just keep going and testing and seeing what works. Otherwise, you're never going to get to a final answer. So on the flip side of that, then who is seeing the most success? Like who is the perfect customer for reconvert? Who is always going to get that ROI? And how do people kind of identify that? Yes, this will work for me and my business.
1: I can kind of think about three different answers to this question. So first is I mentioned the conversion monster funnel. This is something that might not be the perfect solution for every store, but we know that it's good enough. For most stores, Conversion Monster, I would say is somewhere where if you're not sure you start there and most people who start there do see a good ROI, do see good results. And then a lot of people using Reconvert, I'm pretty sure haven't logged into Reconvert in over a year because they just activated Conversion Monster and it's generating revenue and all is good. No need to touch it. And you know, some people are like that and they just want something to generate revenue and they don't want anything to take more resources from them, which is great. The other type would be the larger your stories, the more you're going to make, which makes sense. It's post purchase upselling. If you have a lot of orders, you have a lot of impressions. And it just makes sense. It's like if you get a lot of traffic to your website, then your pre purchase upsells are going to get the most conversion rates. So the more orders you have, the more. Positive your ROI would be. That's usually a correlation. Not to say that it can't work for smaller stalls. It definitely does. And then lastly, I would say the people who are working on building a brand. Let's say, like they are not just there to upsell their customers. They want to communicate with their customers, to connect with them, to really deepen the connection using the post purchase section to deepen their connection with their customers, and they use Reconvert beautifully. These are the stores that I like to see the most because they take the conversion monster and then they remove some sections, add some sections, and make it really something that is tailor-made and feels personal. And I think sometimes you can't measure this in exact ROI because maybe the customer didn't use this specific upsell from Reconvert, but the customer maybe followed you on YouTube because you embedded a YouTube video and now they're continuing to be in touch with you. Maybe they gave you their birthday. They did a lot of extra things that are going to deepen your ability to kind of get them back to the website and buy again.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. And I think most of us who maybe think about that post-purchase upsell and we think about there's always a marketer that ruins a strategy for everyone else, right? <laughs> Definitely. So it is like those info people, like if you've ever bought a course from anyone and it's like, oh, do you want this? And they try and sell you 10 things and then they downsell and they do that. And it feels so icky and spammy, like they're just trying to get every last dollar because they know their product sucks and you're probably not going to come back and buy more. So There's always someone that ruins it for everyone else. But doing this in a intentional customer centric way is always going to outshine those really crappy marketers on the internet. So I wouldn't let that make you afraid of just trying it and seeing what happens.
1: I also think that When you are doing anything in your store, it doesn't have to be related to post-purchase upsell. It should always be what's in it for me and what's in it for my customers. It's never I'm trying to make money at the expense of my customers. I'm giving value and I'm trying to generate revenue out of the value that I'm giving. So if that is the mindset that you go into anything that you do, you're probably going to be okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh gosh, I love that so much. Okay, Ruth, so let's pretend that we lost our audience somewhere along the way and they stopped paying attention to us. Let's bring them all back. What is the number one takeaway you want them to have from today's conversation?
1: The number one takeaway for me would be that the post-purchase experience on-site and off-site is super important. The reason the SaaS model, the SaaS business model is so much easier than e-commerce is because it's a retention-based model. I don't have to chase new customers every month. Let's build that for e-commerce too. Stop chasing new customers every month and instead invest in your existing customers so that they become returning customers. And you can do that if you optimize post-purchase thank you page, post-purchase one-click upsells and emails, SMS.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I know that you have a free offer that you want to tell the listeners about, and we have some places that they can go learn more about you. But I also want to let you guys know I am an affiliate of Reconvert. I'm going to put a link to the platform if you want to check it out in the show notes. You do get a 10% discount with my link. And of course, it goes to help the production of the show. So. Don't forget to use that. Plus, there's something in it for you. But then, Rude, can you tell us about the ebook offer you have?
1: Of course, I do want to say before that that the discount from the affiliate link is for lifetime. It's not like for three months or six months or anything like that.
0: Yes, yeah, see, use the link, guys. Use the link.
1: <laughs> We've created a resource that we really love, which is a CRO ebook. It's a conversion rate optimization ebook. It has over 30 tactics and tips, and it's not just selfish level. We actually wanna help you improve your conversion rates so you have the resources to increase your business. So this ebook is completely free. You can find it. There's a link that you can put in the show notes. Or if you wanna just type in reconvert.io slash you can get the ebook and let us know what you think. I would love to hear
0: how people liked it. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to check it out as well. And then where else can they just go and find you guys and learn more about you and what you do? We are trying to be active
1: on social media, but it can be tough sometimes. But I would say the best place to connect with us if you really want to is on YouTube. If you search Reconvert on YouTube, we have a channel where we talk about Reconvert, but we also just talk about e-commerce. We have this young dropshipper who is building a completely new store on his own and documenting it on the channel. And I think this is a very good resource for anyone who wants to kind of learn from the basic. Just follow along.
0: Oh, that's super fun. Me personally, I feel like I need to be passionate about something to want to sell it. Otherwise, I'm going to get like bored really fast. Just like riding trends and waves and things like that, sadly, is just not enough. But I'd be really curious to see how this dropshipper kind of goes about his business. So that's really exciting.
1: I have to say, I think dropshipping is a good way into e-commerce when you don't have enough resources and it should be like a beginner's business model where you build it up to something where you have your own warehouse and your own product. It's not an easy money scheme like we mentioned before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great way to test things and kind of get your feet wet, and I actually was on a call with a college student the other day, and he started his own business, and he did actually invest in the product up front, but He started with one product. He put it on Amazon FBA just to get the lay of the land. And his ultimate goal is to build his own website and create a brand and ultimately probably exit from it. But when you are really intentional in the beginning... And you learn all of those things ahead of time and really get comfortable with the data and all of that instead of just, hey, I'm going to go open this store with like 100 products and like, let's see what happens. So I definitely have a lot of respect for those who really take the time to just do it right. In the end, that's how you end up with a successful business, right? Yeah, I agree. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for taking your time to come on the show and talk to us about this. Again, guys, make sure you check the show notes for all of the links that we talked about. Make sure you use my affiliate link so you can get that 10% off lifetime deal, which is amazing. Thank you so much for letting us share that. And if you guys have any questions about this or how you might want to implement it in your business, you know where to find me. Thanks again for hanging out with us. I appreciate that you're here. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll see you on the flip side, friend.